Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to The Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and The Kentucky Guy. All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other host, Donnie Cage. There he is, Mr. Cage. How are we doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. It's, an, it's another day above ground, so I'm always happy about that. <laughs> right. The birds are singing, the babies are crying, and the sun's out. All is good in the land. Uh, uh, go ahead and, uh, before we get into uh, house cleaning details, go ahead and uh, tell everybody about your other show, sir. Yes, for those of you who want to follow me on uh, YouTube or Twitch, I'm also part of the Uncaged Voice podcast team. We typically do podcasts on either Fridays or Saturday nights. We have a new episode coming up this weekend and talk about all sorts of stuff, including wrestling and other entertainment. Yep, yep, uh, very good show to watch. Uh, if you're new here, and this is the first time that you're uh, watching or listening <laughs> to our show, uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. Uh, you can follow us on all platforms, uh, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and the list goes on. Uh, also, for you that like to uh, listen to interviews with uh, interesting people, and uh, also like to stay up on top of the actual news that's happening in our country. Uh, I host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We drop new episodes there uh, every Wednesday and Saturday, uh, along with throughout the week uh, special reports. Like I dropped one yesterday, and I'll probably drop one on the Queen's funeral later tomorrow. So anyways, uh, but if you ever want to be on the show here or uh, contact Donnie or myself, you can reach us at ol. Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. OL Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. Now, I know you guys heard that when you first came on, but, uh, you know, sometimes that British guy might mess up, so I like to tell you myself. <laughs> oh, also, for those of you that are interested, uh, I have published my new book. Uh, it is now on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can find an ebook or paperback book. Uh, it's uh, America, the Land of the Sleeping. Uh, so if you get a chance, check that out. It's uh, got pretty good uh, reviews so far. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, also be sure to check out uh, Rod's Uncensored. Uh, I was actually on his podcast today. Uh, very nice guy. First time I ever really met him and had a chance to talk to him before the show. Very, very nice guy. Knows a lot about different sports. Knows a lot about wrestling. Uh, has some pretty... 
uh, major uh, opinions <laughs> about the rest of the world right now, uh, which we all have. I mean, we've, we've all stopped watching wrestling at one time, uh, but this guy has never went back, and uh, I don't think he's going to anytime soon. <laughs> so, <Ooh. laughs> uh, so let's start off uh, this episode, sir, uh, with uh, the results from SmackDown. How's that sound? Let's go for it. All right, so the uh, first match was uh, Ricochet. He, he went against uh, the honorary Bloodline member, Sami Zayn. Uh, Ricochet actually defeated Sami Zayn one on one, which uh, <sighs> I don't agree with. Um, I think Sami Zayn right now needs a push uh, in the worst way. Uh, and I, I, you had the bloodline there. You had the the new little brother, the North American champion there. Uh, I, I just think that match could have ended different. Your thoughts? Well, you know the truth is, I I respect Sami Zayn's ability. I mean, he's a multiple time former Intercontinental champion, former NXT champion, definitely very talented. Uh, but I'm also a guy who likes Ricochet. I like what he can do in the ring. And we talked about him a little bit in the last episode. I appreciate him picking up a win on TV, which doesn't happen often. Uh, that being said, I mean, I guess if you're going to further a storyline, it makes a little bit more sense for Sami Zayn to win the match. I don't really know where they're going to go with this. I mean, personally, I think it was kind of a fluke, Ricochet winning this match. Unless they're going to try to do some sort of storyline where Sami Zayn loses a bunch of matches in a row and he no longer is any use to the bloodline and they kick him out. Don't know if that might happen down the road, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a good match, but as far as storyline progression, probably didn't accomplish that much. Yeah, um, just to be honest with you, uh, I don't recognize him as an honorary member of the Bloodline. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I'm an honorary member, by the way, but uh, he is just, uh, uh, he he's you. They're using him, uh, and more power to him. Let them use him. Uh, they're using him to be their. Uh, battle ram uh, whenever they go against people like uh, that Scottish guy, Drew, whatever his name is, uh, and things of that nature. So they're really using Sammy, uh, just to be honest with you. And if he's dumb enough to continue to fall for it, uh, he, you know, keep on doing it. He was at the press conference. We'll go over that for Crown Jewel uh, with the bloodline, all of the bloodline, including Paul Heyman uh, this weekend. So I, I don't. I don't know. He he's been in that group longer than I thought they were going to let him be. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. So the next match was Bailey. Uh, she actually faced uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, I didn't really pay attention to this match. I just wanted to see who the winner was. Bailey did defeat her, which that's good because we didn't bring Bailey back not to win. So I, I'm glad she defeated her. Even though I am a fan of uh, Raquel Rodriguez's because uh, she's a monster and. I still think that they're missing the, an, an opportunity with her not having a belt around her. But, you know, that's just my thoughts. Your thoughts? No, I'm in, agree I'm in agreement. I think she's a great talent, and she should have a belt around her waist. Um, I, mean, I mean, she basically could have single-handedly defended those women's tag titles, if, you, if, you, if we want to be honest. I mean, she was, she was the star of that team between her and Alia. Alia was just kind of dead weight. And now that they're no longer the champions and Dakota Kai and Io Sky are, I, I mean, why, what are, why, why are they waiting? 
I mean, just just pull the trigger already and have Raquel join damage control. You you are stuck on that, aren't you? Uh, you mention that every episode. Um, I don't know if she'll ever join them or not, sir. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I can see it, um, but I can also I can see it because of the relationship, the history. I guess you could say between her and Dakota Kai. Um, that's the only way I see that happening uh, because, man, she acts, uh, you know, and I know that it could be just a work, but she acts like she hates Bailey. So. <laughs> I don't know. There doesn't seem any, like, like there's much love loss there, I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> the next match was uh, uh, the Usos' baby brother, uh, Solo Sequil. Uh He defended his North American, his newly won, by the way, uh, North American NXT Championship against Mad Cat, uh, Mad Cap Moss, and uh, he actually defeated uh, Moss, and uh, of course he did. I mean, I mean, Mad Cap Moss, yeah, he may be decent, uh, and he may be one of these up and comers, but he's he's not a he's not a future champion of any sorts by any means. I think so. Your thoughts? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious the writing's on the wall that it's only going to be a matter of time before Madcap Moss is out of the company. I, I hate to say it because he's got a good look. I do think he does have some talent, but ever since he wrapped up the whole storyline with Happy Corbin, they haven't done anything of significance with him. And now, I mean, he competed for the NXT North American title, which is fine, but seeing as how he's not a full-time NXT superstar, what's the point? I mean, Solo Sokoa is still going to appear on NXT every week and defend his title there. So I don't really see why he's defending it on SmackDown, personally, unless they're going to bring a wrestler who wins it from him back down to SmackDown, which, again, isn't that almost like a demotion? So, I, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I mean, the right person won this match at the end of the day. I think maybe, it's funny you bring that up, uh, I think maybe, just maybe, uh, that title is going to become part of the main roster permanently. Uh, just, I don't know why, but it, remember something. Seiko uh, 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 was already on the main roster before he went and challenged Carmelo for that title and brought it to the main roster. So, uh, and you know, to be in the bloodline, you got to have gold. That's something else Sami Zayn doesn't have. Uh, I, I think that might be a permanent fixture on the main roster, or at least be defended uh, on both brands. What, what do you think about that? I, I mean, I guess I could be okay with it, but if, if it's used to help elevate talent, but if it's just going to be eventually become a prop and Solo Sako is barely going to defend it, then, then what's the point? He might as well just stay in NXT at that point. Yeah, I'd rather see him defended against uh, guys on the main roster than, because uh, like you said, it's like a demotion uh, defending it against guys on NXT. It, it'd be interesting. Uh, I was surprised when he walked out on SmackDown because I didn't get a chance to watch uh, NXT this week. So I was surprised to see him walk out. I didn't even, that's why we didn't talk about it on a show Friday because I didn't even know that he won the title. <laughs> so, uh, and I know, shame on me, but. I can't remember what happened. Something happened last Tuesday, and I didn't get a chance to watch NXT. So, uh, anyways, moving right along, uh, the next Braun Strowman uh, comes out, and he actually destroys uh, Maximum Male Models. 
why does he have a problem with these guys, with Max? Leave these guys alone. Let them show off the clothes. Uh, let Max get Max Dupree uh, get on the mic and do his thing. Now, Alpha Academy actually did get a significant amount of offense on Braun Strowman. Uh, but then, weirdly, oddly, I thought, he sits up in the middle of the ring like The Undertaker used to do. And you can kind of tell that uh, Triple H and, and, and Creative is trying to build up uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman uh, for some time within the next few months. But I think right now they're trying to build up Braun Strowman versus Otis, uh, which, uh, which may be a decent match. I'm not a Braun Strowman fan, as everybody knows. Uh, but I like Otis, and uh, I think Otis could give him a run for his money. Uh, your thoughts? So first of all, whichever writer came up with the idea of Braun Strowman coming out and destroying Maximum Male Models, he deserves a bonus as far as I'm concerned. Because that was, that was perfection how when dare I saw you? that. How dare you? <laughs> we know how I feel about Maximum Male Models. <laughs> so anyway... I mean, as far as an Otis Braun Strowman match, I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I don't see Otis being a major threat to Braun Strowman in like a full-blown feud. I could see the two of them clashing, maybe, maybe at Extreme Rules or something like that, with, maybe with a special stipulation. But they clearly brought Strowman back for a reason, and that was to make him a contender for Roman Reigns' title. And I'm totally fine with that. I don't see the monster among men beating him because I think they really are determined to just have Roman Reigns keep riding this wave of success. But at least he's somebody we know who will realistically give the give the tribal chief a fight. My my prediction is that uh, Roman Reigns they'll have Roman Reigns keep the belt until April until WrestleMania. Uh, that's I don't know why, but. Everything I read and everything seems to point that way. And we're going to talk more about uh, the Logan Paul deal here in just a few minutes. But uh, uh, that that definitely uh, strengthens my position. <laughs> that match does. So, uh, anyways, uh, then we go backstage, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, Ronda Rousey and uh, Liv Morgan actually uh, start having like like a war of words, I guess you could call it. And Liv did. Liv Morgan actually did most of the talking, and she comes. She looks Ronda Rousey in the eye and actually says, "I'm going to beat you." This is somebody who almost broke her arm, made her tap out. The only reason why she has that little shiny bell is because the referee didn't see it. Uh, but I kind of like a cocky Liv Morgan. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a big uh, Ronda fan uh, as a heel, but. Uh, Hockey Morgan, I, I, I kind of liked it. Your thoughts? Well, I like the fact that they showed that she's a little bit of a spine because if you watch that match at SummerSlam, <clears throat> excuse me, your first question was going to be, why is Liv Morgan the SmackDown women, Women's Champion right now when she's clearly outclassed? So I can appreciate that they want to have her build her up as at least someone who's not going to go down without a fight. That being said, I, I really do think it's time to put the belt back on Ronda Rousey and have a dominant champion on SmackDown before some real competition comes back. 
And I think we know who that real competition is. Uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, who should be back anytime soon. Anytime. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I agree. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think she might be, if they ever turn her heel, I think she showed sparks of, uh, of maybe being a great heel uh, on SmackDown last week. I, I, I digged it. Uh, so, uh, speaking about the Usos brothers and Sami Zayn, uh, his bro- their brother Solo, uh, he must really like Sami Zayn. Did you see the segment where uh, he insisted uh, when he had his match against Madcap Moss, he insisted that uh, Sami accompanied him to the ring? Uh, I, I thought that was uh, interesting. What about you? Well, I think it's the bloodline playing the long game, just kind of messing with Sami Zayn's head. Um, you know, you know, I have a little scenario uh, where where I feel like I, I could see Sami Zayn uh, interfering in a match on either on behalf of the Usos or Solo Sokoa or Roman Reigns, and he ends up helping them retain their title. And immediately afterwards, the entire bloodline just just beats him down like a pulp. And all of a sudden, you hear you hear that you hear that music come on. And Ko comes out and comes to his friend's aid, and there you go. Now, now you've got a now you're sparking off a feud there. Yep. And then uh, speaking of Ko, uh, he interrupts Austin Theory, uh, and how dare him do this? He interrupts him and he smacks the crap out of him. Uh, and they actually he tells him that he's not earned anything, and uh, challenges him to a match. They're actually fighting uh, tonight on Raw. Um, wow, I, I just, I, I was amazed. I, I'm a, Ke- I'm a Kevin Owens fan, but, uh, man, why has he got to, why has he got to pick on poor old Austin? I don't get it. Your thoughts? Well, first off, I think it'll be a good match. It'll be a competitive match. Kevin Owens, as far as I'm concerned, can have a good match with anybody. Um, and him slapping, uh, Austin theory across the face was meant to be symbolic. He was essentially the stand-in for Triple H, who probably smacks uh, Theory across the face backstage and says, you had it made with uh, Vince here, but there's a new regime in town now, buddy. Oh, I disagree. Oh, 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 oh. he's still got the briefcase, buddy. You wait. He's still got the briefcase. Roman drops that belt, or one of the belts. That's, uh, uh, that's your next champion right there. Uh, and he'll beat and as oh man, I hate saying this, but he'll be Kevin Owens tonight in my prediction. Um, and then we have. Go ahead, you got something to say on that? <laughs> uh, no, no, just that. Just that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, then, uh, so we, so then there's a four way match, uh, which did not include the Vikings. Uh, very odd to me uh, to be the number one contender for the Usos belt, and. Uh, the brawling brutes uh, were victorious. Now this match, this match I thought stole the show. I thought it was a great match. Um, there was so much happening. Uh, the uh, New Day got pummeled. Loved it. Loved it. But then Rich Holland, uh, this this it, it caught me off guard. He used an insane looking modified butterfly suplex, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking. Why in the world are they trusting this guy with these exotic suplexes, knowing what he did to Big E? You know, I'm not a Big E fan, but uh, I, I, I just 
you know, I was baffled to see him do that. Um, but the crowd seemed to buy into Rich Holland this week, uh, which, uh, yeah, it kind of baffled me as well. But, you know, I was glad to see Sheamus, you know, get the win, uh, even though he did, he did look a little dumb. I don't know if you caught this, but he was, uh, banging on the, on the, uh, on the floor trying or the mat trying to get, uh, the crowd to clap along with them and nobody helped them except Ridge. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the match? I think out of the four teams that were involved, the brawling brutes were the best picks to win. Um, if the Viking Raiders had been in the match as they were originally scheduled, I would have picked them to win. But, uh, I think I did read that Eric from the Viking Raiders is currently injured and that's why they were actually pulled from the match. He said he's gone down with a couple of injuries now. You got to you got to wonder about that whether his uh, time in the ring is going to be uh, coming to an end soon if he keeps uh, sustaining these injuries. But um, yeah, I mean I'm happy the brawling brutes won out of the four teams that were involved. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would have actually preferred uh, to see Imperial win, but uh, yeah, I mean I mean I'm okay with it. Uh, uh, what I really liked about it is, did you notice how uh, how Pete Dunn looked like Pete Dunn and not Butch uh, during his matches last week? So uh, I was really happy about that. Um, so then we have Logan Paul, and by the way, this is in no particular order. This is just how I watched it and and how we're reviewing it. Uh, but then we have uh, Logan Paul comes out to the ring uh, now for. Uh, I guess I guess you guys probably know by now that uh, Logan Paul had Roman Reigns on his podcast, uh, and he. Uh, <clears throat> the, I watched the whole podcast. I wanted to stay up to date on it, and it they were they were nice to Roman. I mean, they were like overly nice to him on there, and Roman was nice to them. He didn't say anything out of the way when he left, though. Logan Paul. And and he and he knows what he's doing because he looks at the camera and he goes, "I can't help myself. Just how I am. Just how I am." And he comes out and says that he can beat Roman Reigns right now, not not in the future, but right now. Roman, of course, and we went over the tweets and everything on the last episode. Uh, Roman, of course, you know, took offense to this, so he sends Paul Heyman to SmackDown to handle it. Paul Heyman comes out, has the entire bloodline with him except Roman Reigns. Uh, he comes out, he dresses Logan Paul. They go back and forth. Nothing really comes out of that but a match. Um, uh, but the match between uh, uh, Ricochet and Zayn. Uh, but nothing really happens there. But then, suddenly, at the end of the night, Michael Cole announces that uh, there's going to be a press conference uh, in Las Vegas where both Logan Paul and Roman Reigns um, are going to be present now there's no word he doesn't he doesn't give any hint or anything on if either will go on an unsolicited uh, tirade in front of triple h because he's supposed to be there as well uh if they're supposed to have a match none of that is said just a press conference out of the blue um i kind of like the way they done it uh because uh that keeps all the conspiracy theorists you know guessing and and saying things and uh, one of the conspiracies was, you know, the main one was actually correct uh, about Crown Jewel, but 
I thought, what do you think about that whole scenario there? So last week I was uh, trying to defend this because I said, well, it's a crossover. It's a cross promotional opportunity for WWE and Logan Paul's impressed in his first couple of matches. So why not? We know the likelihood of him beating Roman Reigns is very low. So what harm could this possibly do? But in the back of my mind, I'm like, Logan Paul has two WWE matches in his career. One at WrestleMania, one at SummerSlam. None of these were for any titles. He has not earned the right to step into the ring with Roman Reigns just yet. You know, if you want to keep having him in singles matches or tag team matches against WWE stars, whoever they are, that's one thing. But to, to, to hotshot him into this main event spot this quickly, to me, is a big mistake. And, you know, it will it be entertaining or not? I, I, I don't know, but I just feel like it's a little bit of a waste of the tribal chief's time. Tribal chief's time. Give him, give him a more worthy opponent. Uh huh. Well, welcome to the dark side, my friend. Uh, you have changed your position on this match uh, since last episode. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, producer, am I mistaken? No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I was the one that actually said this was wasting the tribal chief's time. <laughs> And uh, you didn't you didn't care much for that, but yeah, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear you you know talking with some common sense this week. That's great. Uh, yeah, Logan Paul. I mean, he he's a jobber in my eyes. Uh, yeah, he's good on YouTube, I guess. You know, uh, I've watched uh, Roman Reigns, and then I seen that he had triple. I've watched a couple of his podcasts now. Uh, he had Triple H on there as well, right before his match against uh, the Miz at SummerSlam. Uh, and I'm just now watching it because I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, but I am a fan of Triple H's. I wanted to see what he had to say. Uh, so his podcast is okay, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't call it the best in the world like he does. Uh, and I don't think he can prove that right now either. I think Ben Shapiro with his numbers and everything, and a lot of people like him, a lot of people don't, uh, but his numbers and everything kind of prove that he does have the number one on planet earth the number one podcast so why logan paul claims that i don't know he just looks stupid to me but yeah this this is the main event at crown jewel right and i have a in in the next segment in the not the next segment but the last segment of the show i have maybe an answer uh to yours uh donnie and my question on why he's actually in the match and uh that's just a little tease so hang around folks all right, so uh, let's talk. Uh, let's go over the uh, match card, um, which is very. This is the official match card for Raw tonight, and I don't understand why it's so small. Um, there's three matches on their official card, and I've looked on their website, the Dirt Sheet website. I've looked everywhere, and it's these are three matches. The official <laughs> match card. Uh, you have uh, Bobby Lashley. Defending his United States Championship versus Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, as we mentioned. Actually, there's only two matches: uh, Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory, and then we have Miss TV with his special guest Dexter Loomis. Out of all that, the only thing I'm looking forward to is seeing what happens between Miz and uh, Dexter uh, on his Miss TV. What What are your thoughts, man? Do you, does it make any sense them just now having two matches? Uh, announced on their official card 
this late in the game. I mean, this was only like an hour ago when I pulled this up. Well, sometimes I like a little, uh, I, I like to be in the dark a little bit, not know everything that I can expect on an episode of Raw. And I, I know that Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins is going to be a solid match. They're both, they're both workhorses. We know that Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory is going to be a good match. And thank God, if I didn't say it in the last episode, thank God they, they gave him a first name. I I said I was so tired of uh, wrestlers having their names shortened. But um, And then, yeah, the uh, Miz TV segment, that's going to be, <laughs> that probably intrigues me the most. Because even though I feel like they've been stretching out that storyline, this is kind of a way to shake things up a little bit and make it interesting. Because Miz TV is always interesting especially when Maurice is on and she accidentally throws a shade at her husband. Yeah, I enjoy Miss, uh, Miss TV quite a bit. Um, and you're absolutely right. It, it gives, uh, we're finally going to have the opportunity. These two are, they're going to have the opportunity. We're going to have the opportunity to watch it to either see it escalate or put an end to it. Uh, it's been dragged on and dragged on. And finally, uh, Hopefully, we'll hear Austin Theory actually speak and stop being this deranged mystery person that we already know who it is and already know what he sounds like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of mystery there. They're trying to act like, uh, in, in a way, like he's never been around before. But, yeah, we know him pretty well. Uh, okay, so uh, let's move on to the uh, AEW Rampage results. Uh, the first match, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it was Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy, um, who is getting up there and, and probably just about done with his wrestling career, I would think. Uh, he put on a good show against Darby. Darby won the match, of course. Uh, and I would have been, uh, I would have been not happy if he didn't. But, uh, uh, I thought Matt came to play. I actually think this was one of the better matches of the night. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely agreed, Matt. Uh, Matt kind of surprised me here. He and Darby had some good chemistry in the ring, but I agree with you 100%, especially at this point in his career. you got to put over, put over the young talent, and Darby Allen is one of the most popular wrestlers right now. Yep, and one of the cool things uh, about that match was at the end, uh, Brody King comes out, uh, he destroys Matt Hardy, and then he holds him like he's choking him, uh, Sting and uh, Darby come to the ring, uh, and uh, Brody King challenges them uh, to a no disqualification match uh, for uh, against the House of Black at, at the Grand Slam Rampage next Friday. Rampage's uh, match, and uh, the lights go off as Sting and Darby get to the ring, and then he's gone. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, we're going to talk about their the original leader of uh, House of Black here in just a few moments, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting that challenge, and uh, you know Sting and Darby's accepted it because uh, it's official on officially on Rampage's card now. So uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, and we failed to mention, it, and I apologize, uh, that match is happening between Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. It is official. That's what the press conference was about. And uh, that will be a crown jewel. So I don't think we actually explicitly said that, but uh, yeah, it is. So 
But anyway, sir, what do you think about House of Black? Uh, and do you think they're going to keep that name, House of Black? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to keep the name due to the fact that Malachi Black is no longer on television, at least at this point. Um, which I thought basically what I heard. Well, well, we'll get we'll get into it in a few minutes. But I, I've heard all sorts of rumors about him, um, which I think he himself did a show recently where he said the truth will come out in the near future. But uh, I mean, Brody King and Buddy Matthews and Julia Hart are all talented. And it would be a shame to waste them. So I think it's gonna. I think the them adding this no disqualification stipulation adds uh, an extra element of unpredictability to the match. I don't think there's any reason that they have to lose here. They still both have tremendous upside. I don't think a loss would here would it would would damage Darby Allen that much. And I mean, Sting is again in the twilight of his career. He's here mostly to help put young talent over. So. Him losing wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, so let, let's let's go ahead and talk about Alistair Black real quick, I guess, uh, before we move on. Um, so he uh, uh, he did an interview, or he put out a statement yesterday. Uh, him and Tony Khan have come to an agreement, an official agreement, uh, and nobody knows what that agreement is. Uh, I'm sure it's something to where he can't take off to uh, WWE right away. I'm sure that, I mean... If Tony Khan's smart of because he was under a, he still had like four and a half years on his contract, but he has been officially released uh, from AEW. He asked for the release, and he's been released under under an agreement that him and Tony Khan made. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out what that is <laughs> sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, he is no longer a part of AEW in any way, shape, or form. Your thoughts? I mean, it's a big loss for uh, AEW. He's a great talent and had had a lot of hype surrounding him when he first came in. Though I will say, I feel like they mismanaged a large portion of his run. Um, I think they had a big opportunity to really to really put him over big time back when he was feuding with uh, Cody Rhodes when Cody was still with AEW. And I mean, he won the initial encounters between the two of them, but ultimately Cody was the one who who came out the winner in the end in that feud. And I, I always felt like they were holding back the House of Black and never made them look as dominant as they should have. I mean, honestly, those three guys should have been contenders to become the first trio tag team champions. Uh, I mean, I know they gave it to the Elite, and then you had that whole controversy. But House of Black could have definitely been great guys to, to win the belts from the beginning as well. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean... Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. The, the House of Black, uh, and, and we're going to talk more about it in the last segment because uh, uh, I've got some quotes from Dave Metzer on it, but the House of Black, on, on Alistair Black, but uh, the House of Black, um, they, they they remind me so much the way Tony Khan has not done a lot with them, as you said. It reminds me so much of Judgment Day on Raw. It, it, it really does. Uh, it seems like they... Uh, both of these uh, squads have all kinds of possibilities, like the sky's the limit. However, the team, the writers, uh, just don't want to give it to them. So it's very, it's it's not only disappointing, but it's it's kind of uh, confusing as well because we're talking about we're not talking about jobbers here. We're talking about good, solid wrestling athletes. 
So, um, uh, then uh, uh, Cesaro or Claudio or whatever his name is, the uh, Ring of Honor champion comes out. He actually comes out with his buddy, Willer Puda, uh, who lost his title. And Claudio actually reminds, uh, <laughs> I didn't understand that, he actually reminds everybody uh, on the microphone that uh, Willer lost his uh, uh, pure championship title to Daniel Garcia. Uh, and he starts talking about how he is, uh, how he's such a champion. He's a fighting champion and blah, blah, blah. And he shouldn't, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of Claudio. Wasn't a fan of Cesaro uh, at all. Uh, I don't think, yeah, he's had his 15 minutes of fame with a title. You know, it's time for him to drop it. It's been time, past time. But anyways, my buddy, the GOAT, uh, Jericho, gets up from the announce table. I love this. Uh, gets on the mic, and he and he tells him, you know, he says right to him, he goes, look, I've been a champion in WWF, WWE, WCW, but there is one place, my friend, that I've never been champion, and that's Ring of Honor. So Jericho looks at this guy and, and calls him a boy and then challenges him uh, for a, uh, a match at the Grand Slam, the, this week's Dynamite, uh, for the ROH title. Claudio tries to say that he was hoping, he's been hoping for this fight for a long, long time. Uh, and he said that Jericho is, uh, uh, what did he say? He said he's going to beat, uh, something like he's going to beat the hell out of Jericho or something like that. Um, but anyways, uh, I was very, very happy. Uh, I think this is, uh, this is the right way because Jericho should have a belt. He's the Le champion around his waist. And uh, I look for him to destroy uh, Claudio, uh, this Wednesday. Your thoughts? Definitely an intriguing matchup, and I don't think these two ever wrestled in WWE, unless my memory is just not functioning right tonight. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Claudio uh, hitting at least you know twelve or thirteen swings on uh, Jericho during the course of the match. I've got I got mad respect for Jericho, Le Champion, Lionheart, uh, Y2J, however you want to call him. Um, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, Claudio's time to drop the belt just yet. I think he's going to hang on to it, but it's going to be a competitive just match. Just win, just win, my friend. I'm thinking that oh, he's going to have a great common sense night on the show. You go and say something like that. How dare you? Claudio is past his championship prime. By the way, these two have fought. Uh, they had a feud, but it wasn't single matches uh it was jericho and uh kevin owens uh had a feud with the bar when uh cesario used to uh team up with sheamus and that whole thing so they they have they have wrestled each other but uh you're absolutely right not in single competition uh as far as i can remember at all so uh and then uh we go backstage um and uh the uh what is her name? Lexi, the interviewer or whatever. She's interviewing, and I'm bringing this up because it's kind of interesting, the, the end of this. Uh, uh, Jade Cargill, who is the uh, TBS champion, uh, and she said she doesn't have any more competition. And she also says that she did, <laughs> and this, this I found interesting, she did away uh, with Mark Sterling. Uh, she called him a PR clown. Um, and I, I don't know why they didn't just leave her with that faction that he's got going now because I thought it would be pretty cool, but 
anyways, uh, and then uh, the uh, Minty, I don't, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, she came on, she came in, and she challenged uh, for the title once again at Grand Slam. Uh, this uh, this dynamite, uh, and she said she wouldn't be coming alone. She'd be bringing uh, uh, the baddest B from the 305. I don't know who that is, but she'd be bringing her as well. So, interesting. Um, Jade Cargill, I don't see them letting her uh, lose the title on a on a television sh- uh, on a television match, um, especially since they build her up so much and she's had that dang thing so long. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, sir? Now, I, th- I think it's a little bit of a red herring. I think Jade's going to retain on uh, the upcoming episode of Dynamite. I, I, if she does drop the title, it'll likely be at an AEW pay-per-view. But they're they're still determined to push her. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, we've said it before. She has a great look, and she has some impressive moves in her arsenal. But she's still very green. And but I guess they just figure right now it's it's better to keep her in this position and to protect her to some degree. But I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think she's going to lose the belt this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, the next match was a, uh, and we talked about this next match on the. Uh, on last week's episode, um, it was a wash, just like we thought it would be. Uh, Ethan Page against uh, Dan Housen. Uh, Ethan Page did have uh, uh, Strokely Hathaway with him, uh, which was pretty cool. But uh, uh, anyways, uh, Dan Housen, uh, he he beat him pretty easy. Uh, it, it was it was a boring match in my in my opinion. Ethan Page is a a great athlete and a great wrestler, and uh, they really need to start doing something with him and when you have 170 wrestlers on your roster and you have uh three hours between both of your shows every week uh yeah it's hard to do anything with any of these guys but guess what you own ring of honor that you're not doing anything with and you got all these wrestlers why don't you uh start that show and try to build it just throwing that out there your thoughts I'm in complete agreement. Uh, why Why just drop some of these guys onto AEW Dark or have them occasionally just show up on Dynamite or Rampage when you could be using them in Ring of Honor right now? I mean, start building that brand back up again. You you, you purchased the rights to it for a reason, Tony Khan. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, uh, way before Tony Khan ever bought it. And I was actually, when Tony, when I, I've always been a, a, a huge Ring of Honor uh, fan. I've always watched it any opportunity I could. Uh, and I was actually excited when uh, Tony Khan purchased it when I first found out because uh, I was like, here we go. You know, finally, uh, somebody's going to restore it back to the way it was. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> He's done nothing, nothing to it. But give the belt to uh, a punk like Cesaro. I mean, uh, And the last match of the night uh, was uh, for actually the Ring of Honor television championship match uh surprising into this match to me um Samoa Joe who's not been around a whole lot I know his movie's done but he's not been around a whole lot he defended it against Josh Woods uh who was uh who came out to the ring with uh Mark Sterling and uh Tony Nese uh and Joe picks up the victory uh uh fair and square doing a muscle buster uh on Woods and uh you know he retains his title um the match was okay, I guess, but 
I really thought Joe was going to drop the mag, uh, drop the belt finally, but I guess not. Your thoughts? I I, I predicted last week that uh, Samoa Joe was going to retain. I I think if he drops it, it's either going to be on an, an upcoming episode of Dynamite or potentially a ROH slash AEW pay per view where the stakes are a little bit higher. Yeah, I I, I definitely didn't see him dropping it here. And not to mention, I don't think Josh Woods is a, is a well is a well known enough wrestler to take the belt off of Joe. I mean, obviously, anyone who beats him for the ROH Television Title is gonna, you know, is gonna sky their career is gonna sky, skyrocket a little bit because that's a big time victory against the man who is still the longest reigning ROH World Champion in the history of that promotion. But um, no, nah, this this end result didn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, maybe maybe mine was more hope <laughs> than uh, than uh, anything else. So let's go over Dynamite's match card uh, that they have up and ready to go for this Wednesday. Um, surprisingly, uh, they actually have the uh, just about the whole card filled out, uh, which this is a major Dynamite. This is the uh, Grand Slam, uh, which has already sold a million tickets uh, to because of just on the hype of last year, I guess last year uh, the Grand Slam was the best tele- live show uh, on television that uh, that they had uh, last year in 2021. So, yeah, they've already sold a million tickets to this one. So, I don't know. But the first match on the card is pretty interesting, and I can't wait to hear your prediction on this. Uh, Brian Danielson faces his uh, peer in the Blackpool Combat Club. John Moxley. Uh, I think uh, John Moxley, uh, I know he was supposed to go on vacation and everything, but, uh, well, I pr- much prefer him over Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. I hope that uh, John Moxley uh, wins this match. Your thoughts, sir? So I gave my prediction last week that I would like to see Brian Danielson win it just to shake things up in the main event scene. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous respect for John Moxley. Take nothing away from him, but uh, I think this is going to be the American Dragon yeah, night. And, yeah, we. I mean, we talked about the match, but we didn't. This is an official prediction where I'm writing it down. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then the next match uh, we have the acclaimed uh, Master Caster and Anthony Bowens. I think is his name. Uh, they're going to face uh, off uh, a rematch, actually, for the AEW Tag Team. Uh, championship titles against Swerve and Glory. Um, you know, I don't like Swerve and Glory. Uh, I don't like the Acclaim either. Um, but I have to pick Swerve and Glory because I think the Acclaim getting the belt would is going to tarnish uh, tarnish the legitimacy of the tag team titles. So I'm going to you know choke it up and go with uh, Swerve and Glory. Your thoughts? Oh, I'm so disappointed in you, Kentucky guy, especially considering how much you dislike Keith Lee. I am going to have to go with the acclaimed because I feel like their stars on the rise right now. I, I, I don't think they would. it would be a, a disrespect to the title for them winning. I think they're one of the most over teams in AEW right now. So I'm I'm going with them winning the, winning the gold. Wow. Okay. All right. And, and don't get me wrong. It, Keith Lee is still a fat slob who doesn't know how to wrestle. But I think they're still better than uh, these two jerk-offs that come out rapping to the ring. So um, the next match, 
uh, is for the All Atlantic Championship match. I don't know why this match is happening. Uh, I know why because he attacked him backstage, but uh, why he would ever be in a title match, I don't know. Orange Cassidy uh, is going to be facing Pac for that title. Uh, I have Pac retaining easily uh, on this match. Uh, your thoughts? It'll probably be semi-competitive, but I also have Pac retaining. No reason for him to drop it. Right. I mean, what, what's this guy going to do? Put his hands in his pocket and uh, kick him until he falls down and you know win the belt? I mean, it's stupid. <laughs> I don't know why this guy is in this match. Uh, anyways, um, then we have Tony Storm is actually, uh, she has to face or she has to defend uh, her uh, interim, what a waste of time, women's title uh, in a four-way uh, match will involve Athena, Serena, uh, Deb, and uh, Britt Baker. Britt Baker, uh, of course, it's time for, yeah, it's time for the doctor, the dentist, to get her belt back. So that's who I've got. Well, I think I think Tony Storm's going to retain here, and I think that it's going to be one of those uh, situations where we're going to have a Jamie Hayter run-in, and either potentially she's going to try to help Britt Baker and it's going to backfire, or she's going to turn her back on on uh, the on the the, the doctor uh, Britt Baker uh, after all this time and sparking a feud between the two of them. So I'm I'm going with Tony Storm. You know, I was wondering how far into the program it was going to take you to start talking about Jamie Hayter, your love. Um, and you know, I, I can see that too, uh, Mr. Cage. I, I actually, uh, I think you're kind of spot on there on something. Uh, I can see Jamie Hayter getting involved and possibly, uh, costing, uh, uh, Baker the win and then turning on storm afterwards as well. The challenger for the title, I, I think would be probably a smart move, uh, creatively at least. Uh, okay, so uh, the last match, the main event, is uh, Claudio versus Jericho. You guys already know how I feel about this. Uh, the, he's the lead champion. I think he's going to win this title, no problem. Uh, your thoughts, your prediction? Going with Claudio Castagnoli to retain. Oh, man, that was quick. <laughs> no comments at all, huh? Okay. Uh, Sorry, Jericho. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I hope he's not listening because, uh, you know, he's going to he's gonna kick your butt. Um, so, anyways, uh, guys, uh, that is the last match that they had scheduled. We're going to go and we're going to start doing... Uh, we're not going anywhere. We're going to start doing uh, a segment of the show that I used to do. Um, and I don't know why I stopped because it actually went over with you guys pretty well. And that segment is called. Uh-huh, you guys remember? The news and rumors around the water cooler. All right. So the first story up for grabs. MJF says he didn't sign an AEW contract extension, and he also declines to comment on CM Punk situation with the Elite. So during his interview with Ariel 
Elwani on the MMA show uh, confirmed that he got a bump in pay from Tony Khan and he did not sign a contract extension. This is a confirmation of what was said after he returned it all out. Uh, MJF added that all he cares about is money. And when the bidding war of 2024 happens, he will go to the highest bidder, whether it's AEW or WWE. Also during this interview, uh, MJF declined to comment on the incident between the elites and CM Punk. And he shut down the idea that the inmates are running the asylum when asked. If he saw the fight, he said, I don't deal with rumors or innuendos. And I'm proud of him for saying that, not getting involved. Uh, He added that the backstage uh, in AEW is a team atmosphere, and sometimes people have disagreements, and they move on. On whether AEW needs CM Punk, he said, no comment. But his feud with Punk will go down as one of the greatest feuds of all time. I agree, uh, because he was a part of it. Nothing to do with Punk. So uh, this was kind of like the real MJF, I think, in a, in a sense. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was uh, – I, I liked his comments. Um, I liked how he didn't throw his company, uh, which he could have very easily uh, threw him under the bus. But uh, he was kind of real on this interview. Uh, your thoughts? Well, again, I, I do appreciate when wrestlers uh, break character a little bit and just tell you what they really think. And I think he was also being smart by not expressing too much of his opinion because I'm sure he had he had a ton more to say. But he said, no, 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 no. I, I just got to bump up and pay. I'm right now. I I I, I can lay claim to a t- to a world title shot whenever I please. And the truth is, I am going to go wherever wherever the, where I can make the most money. So. From a business perspective, this is a really smart move by MJF. I cannot and the fault him here. Released AEW star may be headed back to the WWE. Malachi Black, next move. And this is, like I told you, we were going to talk about it again because Dave Metzer uh, has some uh, things that he said that's kind of interesting. Uh, his next move will be interesting to follow because he said in his statement on Sunday, uh, we have not seen the last of him. Fightful reported last week that Black received a conditional release from AEW, uh, so it does not look like he plans on working for Tony Khan ever again. Uh, Dave Metzer discussed the Malachi Black situation with Brian Alvarez and noted that Black wanted to go back to the WWE. Quote from Dave Metzer, uh, He wrestled last night, which is interesting. Then he put out a statement today, uh, and he wanted out of AEW. I guess we'll see what happened. Obviously, he wanted to go back to WWE, and he had a lot of time left on his deal. I think four and a half years. Hey, that's what I said earlier. Uh, Four and a half years left on his deal. It's an interesting thing because it's really difficult to keep someone who is unhappy under contract for that length of time. He did sign for that length of time. And the reasons why you have people sign contracts is so they can't, uh, they can't if they get unhappy or somebody makes an offer somewhere else, they can't just go the next day. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Donnie, um, Dave Meltzer talking about this five year big money contract that he signed, uh, I'm sure that conditional, uh, agreement that they come up with, uh, 
it, it's got to have something in there uh, about he can't go running to WWE. Uh, I don't think they're going to wait. You know, I don't think I don't think he would agree to wait the four years. But uh, I think there's probably a time limit uh, in that conditional agreement. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, when it comes to legal stuff, you never can be too careful because let's not forget that when Alistair Malachi Black first came to AEW, he had a loophole in his WWE contract, which allowed him to sign with AEW after 30 days, as opposed to the standard 90 days, which is what typically happens when a wrestler is released from their WWE contract. Now, if Tony Khan was smart, he would make sure he has a similar um, protocol in place with Malachi Black's AEW contract, which means for at least three months, if not longer, he wouldn't be able to go back to WWE. Because the, because the fact of the matter is, Triple H likes Malachi slash Aleister Black, and he would bring him back to television in a heartbeat and would feature him in a prominent role. Yep, yep. Now, just to throw it out there for you all listening, uh, it has never, it has not been, it has not been confirmed that Black has received any kind of offers uh, to return to the WWE. There have been speculations of WWE and Triple H, uh, in particular, reaching out to superstars under contracts with AEW uh, that the WWE is interested in. Um, that's just, once again, that's just speculations and rumors. So, But uh, anyways, uh, I, if I was Tony Khan, if I had a guy that was still four and a half years uh, under contract for me, and I knew, deep down I knew, even if he's not admitting it, that he wants out to go to my competitor, he's going to have to wait at least a year, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, you know, six months at the, at the least uh, before I let him go do something like that. Because uh, he is going to be, if he comes back to WWE, and I think he will, uh, I think he's going to be a bigger name than he was last time, and he was a huge name in NXT. So, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Next topic. Survivor Series War Games. Uh, Triple H confirmed during an interview with The Ringer that this year's WWE Survivor Series will feature two War Games matches. Quote, uh, we'll have a men's War Games match and a women's War Games match. The tradition of the Survivor Series has in, uh, has embedded and flowed and changed slightly over time. But this will be similar to that, Triple H said. This will not be Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, it will be uh, much more of a storyline driven. Uh, I still look, uh, I still like it as, as a traditional component to Survivor Series in there because it's large, uh, because of the large teams of people competing. We just upped the ante a little bit at War Games and made it evolve. Um, boy, whoever wrote that was horrible. Um, the event uh, is scheduled for Saturday, November 26th. Uh, it's supposed to be at the Garden in Boston. Uh, Triple H uh, actually brought back War Games, I think it was in 2017, uh, and used the match gimmicks as the annual event theme for uh, NXT when he was creative over NXT. Uh, WWE's main roster has never utilized the War Games concept until now. War Games was originally created uh, 
in NWA, NWA, yeah, NWA by uh, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes in uh, 1987. And also it was used throughout WCW. In recent years, WWE Survivor Series uh, has been about brand supremacy between Raw and SmackDown, uh, with the stars from both brands facing off in elimination and champion versus champion uh, matches. So I am actually kind of excited now for uh, Survivor Series uh, because uh, I always enjoyed war games. I Some of the best matches I've seen uh, were war games uh, during the WCW era. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm kind of excited for it. I couldn't be happier. This is a, a great decision by Triple H. It is about time. War Games is going to make its appearance on the main roster. It was great to see him bring it back in NXT, albeit it was it, it was altered a little bit from its original incarnation. I'm really hoping that they do something that's closer to the original concept for War Games, which was the two rings with surrounded by the steel cage, the roof on top, all that kind of stuff. I don't even think, honestly, they need to do the whole let's put weapons in the cage because... I mean, most of the time you're supposed to use the cage as the weapon. So, I mean, I think this is a great new twist to, to, to add to the annual Survivor Series event, and I'm glad it's not going to be a Raw versus SmackDown thing. Yep, I, I agree. And uh, one thing that I hope, uh, Triple H, if you're listening, I hope that you do away with those shark cages that you have people locked in uh, on NXT when you brought it back. Uh, I know it's pretty cool. Uh, the time that uh, Dakota Kai turned on her team when she first turned heel, uh, she used that cage and beat the heck out of her former best friend, but or the shark cage or whatever it was. But uh, I don't, I don't think that's needed. Uh, have them stand around the ring outside a boxed-in cage, uh, both rings are boxed in, and just like they used to. And let's do it old school. Uh, let's let's go back. So, so here is the back. Stay. Oh, uh, time for the next uh, story. So here is the backstage rumor and news on why WWE actually booked Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul as the main event on Crown Jewel. Uh, so following the announcement that Logan Paul will be challenging uh, Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal title, some fans have wondered why WWE is doing this match at all. Hogan has a huge social media following, and the match is expected to draw in some non-wrestling fans. But the reason why this match is happening has more to do with Saudi Arabia. This was explained by Dave Meltzer on the Sunday night's main event show on TSN Radio. Quote, he's a big deal in Saudi Arabia. Uh, he's a big deal to the Saudi Arabian prince. And that's the whole thing of this show, of these shows. Meltzer added that this show has nothing to do with selling tickets because it's a sold, it's a, uh, sold show. Uh, he said nothing to do with that. Tickets in Saudi Arabia mean nothing. It's not even a part of the game. Of course, TV numbers, uh, whatever. If he draws younger viewers, uh, that's good, but it's not a play for TV ratings. It is a play because the prince wants celebrity fights in Saudi Arabia to build the name in the media of Saudi Arabia. And Logan Paul uh, will get more of, of the type of press that Saudi Arabia is looking for uh, than Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins. 
Meltzer continued, that's what Saudi Arabia is there for. Saudi Arabia is, is for matches that the prince wants uh, that will get press attention around the world for Saudi Arabia. So this is a great match for that. And for those of you wondering about the outcome of the match, uh, you know, uh, they did some investigation and talked to Wrestling News, uh, and they were told that as of today, there's still no plans for Roman Reigns to lose the uh, belt this year. So there is, that makes sense to me. Because when you go to these type of countries, these third world or whatever you want to call them countries, uh, who don't really have a democracy, and you take something like the WWE there, uh, yeah, they can pretty much, uh, you, if you want to do there and make the money, you're going to have to pretty much do whatever makes their king or whatever they call them happy. So that makes more sense to me uh, than just having this match. Uh, your thoughts? Well, Kentucky guy, I'm sure if this was the Red Pill podcast, we could go into politics a ton about uh, what we think on this. But, uh, I mean, my thoughts are, I mean, as long as WWE has the partnership with Saudi Arabia, basically they're going to be at their beckoning call. Hey, we want this wrestler. We want this wrestler. We don't care how much money it costs. We just, we want this match. We want this attraction. And that's just the way it's going to happen. So, you know, is it going to be successful for them over in Saudi Arabia? I'm sure it will be. For the average American WWE fan, is anyone really going to care about this matchup? Probably not that much. Will the internet fans who love Logan Paul's podcast enjoy it? Yeah, they'll probably get a kick out of it. But at the end of the day, I'm just be going to be counting down to the time when uh, Roman Reigns will get a real challenger uh, a- again. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't agree more. Uh, I-, I just don't. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand Triple H going back there. Um, I always thought that was a Vince McMahon money grab uh, going to that country. I mean, here we go. This this country is going to tell you what to do, um, you know, when it comes to matches. And also, uh, by the way, your female wrestlers, uh, since we don't believe in females doing anything, uh, they got to be fully clothed and not show any type of uh, legs or anything of that. You're lucky we're not making them wear a mask why they wrestle uh yeah i have very very strong opinions about wwe being over there but once again as you mentioned this is not a politics show so we will move on to the next one wwe programming to be pulled from hulu soon uh so all the wwe content on hulu will be pulled on saturday september 25th this is before it's deal with the streaming service uh, for next day rights for Raw and SmackDown uh, is set to expire. The deal currently sees Raw, NXT, Main Event, SmackDown, Total Divas, Total Bellas, and other programs featured on the streaming pla- pla- uh, platform. Nearly all of WWE's content on uh, Hulu has uh, an expiration flag. Uh, according to a report by uh, PW Inside, Mike Johnson uh, he says talks between the two sides are still ongoing as they attempt to negotiate a new deal. Hulu, uh, who uh, who has approximately 46 million subscribers, is primarily owned by Disney, 67%, with uh, NBC Universal uh, owning the remaining stake. NBC has been a long partner of WWE and currently pays for the TV rights uh, to air Monday Night Raw and NXT on the USA Network. 
while WWE has been working with Hulu for 10 years, WWE uh, co-CEO Nick Khan has spoken about several aspects of WWE's program programming rights uh, in the past, one of which is second-day rights uh, for its flagship shows, Monday and or Raw and SmackDown. So this this is a uh, this stinks, man. Because uh, uh, I I watch. I mean, I I have Peacock and I'm a subscriber, but uh, Hulu has a lot more of WWE stuff uh, than Peacock does right now. So yeah, I I I don't like the sound of this. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I'm curious to see if this means that the days of WWE being on multiple streaming platforms is over and everything's just going to be consolidated on one platform being Peacock. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds in the coming months. Well, we'll know Saturday. Uh, Saturday's the deadline, the 25th. So, yeah, uh, we'll know before then. Uh, it'd be interesting. All right, so uh, the uh, the last topic of the show... And we could not, just when you thought you were going to get an episode from us that we didn't mention his name, you were wrong. <laughs> WWE's White Rabbit mystery has apparently been solved. On Friday night during the SmackDown commercial break, White Rabbit played in the arena. WWE has continued to play the song, that song, that particular song, at live events during the entire weekend. Uh, this has led to speculation about Bray Wyatt's return. But as noted on Friday night, this could be for Karrion Cross because he was known as the White Rabbit uh, when he was in Luchador Underground. So here, I got to say something. I'm going to stop right in the middle of this because I watched, I was a fan of Luchador Underground and Karrion Cross was not the White Rabbit on there. I don't know where they're getting, it was Jack London. Uh, I, I don't know where they're getting this from. He was in the in the faction, uh, with, but Jack London was actually the one that they called White Rabbit, so... I, I don't know where they're getting that from. Did you ever watch that, Donnie, or uh, no? I I had read that he was a part of Lucha Underground back in the day. Before before he joined Impact Wrestling, um, he was with Lucha Underground. And I thought I read that Karrion Cross himself was the White Rabbit, but I, I must have also read wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't think that this White Rabbit thing has anything to do with Bray Wyatt, personally. I, I really do think it's a it's a tie in to Carrion Cross. Whatever. But uh <laughs> and and Terry and Carrion Cross does say uh that it, well I'll I'll show you here in just a second. But uh but but once again, um now I, I haven't read anything about him being the the white rabbit, but I actually watched it. I remember when Jack London come out there and uh I was like, Wow, man, because I thought he was retired uh forever and uh he comes out there dressed uh, all in white. Uh, he's not wearing a, I don't know why he's called the White Rabbit, but he's not wearing a, and they did play this song when he came out. I don't know. It's confusing. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was Carrying Cross, but pretty sure I'm going to go do some research <laughs> and find out. But uh, anyways, on Twitter, Cross appeared to have confirmed that the White Rabbit song has something to do with him. Uh, one tweet shows a, a uh, gif of a laughing Psycho Sid uh, under a graphic tweet out by a fan that says, follow the white rabbit. The graphic includes Cross holding a rabbit in his hand. Another fan tweeted, uh, what is this white rabbit at Real Killer uh, Cross? 
I've seen people talk about it of late. Feel like I am missing something here. LOL. So Cross responded, uh, flattered to be remembered for that. Keep watching. Assume nothing. In another tweet, uh, Cross responds to a fan who was happy that he killed the Bray Wyatt rumors. Cross tweeted, call me a killer. Guilty as charged. However, I wouldn't look to me as the su- as a suspect for any of this. I am an innocent killer. People are reaching for answers and have no idea what to grasp for. Keep watching and have fun. That's what I'm doing. And that's the end of his tweet. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I think he's probably trolling his people, the, these people on Twitter, if it is about him. And uh, he's just, uh, he's pulling a Dave Meltzer on him, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? I would, I would agree. I mean, uh, Carrion Cross or Killer Cross, as he's known on social media, does like to does like to toy with people, and I think that's what he's doing here um, by by telling people basically, let, you know, think what you want to think. Um, but uh, no, it'll be interesting to see if there's more to it than we think. Yeah, and don't misunderstand us, folks. Uh, I think Donnie agrees just, uh, and thinks just like I do. Bray Wyatt's coming. I think he's. I think there's no doubt he's coming. Uh, actually, the title of last week's episode on Friday was uh, "Not When or Not If, But When Will Bray Wyatt Be Back." Um, I, I think he's coming. I just don't think this has anything to do with them uh, at all, uh, in my opinion. But that's all I've got for today's show, uh, Donnie. How about you? Yeah, I, I am just about about all taked out. But uh, all I'm going to say is when uh, Bray Wyatt does come back, let him in. <laughs> yeah, and make sure he's the fiend. Thank you. Um, you know what would be cool? I thought about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I have too much time on my hands. Uh, but I thought about Bray Wyatt coming back as the fiend. And you remember those little puppets uh, that he had in that house? And he did have a white rabbit on there that seemed to... Ramblin' Ramblin' Rabbit, I think he was called. Yeah, he always got, got like, killed after, uh, on each episode, right, of the Playhouse? Yeah. But, uh, anyways, if you had some of those, like, he had the witch, and there's a bunch of different characters, uh, if they, if, when he shows back up, if he comes back as the Fiend, you have those characters, like, in real life, real life people, dressed as those characters around him, and that's his, uh, that's his new faction. Uh, they come to life. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that would be an interesting idea. Be, uh, br- like bring the Firefly Funhouse characters to life rather than them just being actual puppets. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, that's the that's the new Wyatt family. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it'd be good. But uh, anyways, folks, once again, thank you all so much uh, for listening to us today. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the uh News and rumors around the water cooler. Uh, that's a segment that we're going to try to fit in at least once episode, one episode a week. Uh, but for uh, Donnie and myself, we want to say thank you. You've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your host is the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, have a blessed day, everybody. Uh, be safe out there. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you.